All right, episode five from San Francisco, California. I am back here in my apartment. Got a little more cleaning up to do, but I've been cleaning all week and just uh, reacclimating. I haven't been here since March, so uh, it's good to be back. But it's a lot different than in Ohio. Um, today is a special one, uh, and this is a food that falls in the category of. You got one group of people that would lo- that love it. They eat it all the time. They love it, and then there's another group that absolutely hates it. And there doesn't seem to be many people that are in between. And we all know foods like this, um, but this one today, I have a hard time understanding why some of those people don't uh, don't love this delicious food. I'll tell you, um, it is truly, truly good. Um, and I'm going to kind of lead into it, a little bit of a tease here. Um, it's from Southern Ohio, Cincinnati area. Maybe some people have uh, maybe guessed it by now, but it's famous as Cincinnati. And no, it's not German cooking. Somewhat, you could say it had some German influence, but uh, it actually comes uh, from the Greeks. Cincinnati Greeks. And it's Skyline Chili. Skyline chili, folks. Uh, pretty unique chili. It's not anything like that Texas chili that we all love with like the beans and all that other nonsense. That sometimes is pretty good, but I'll tell you, um, I really do love me some Skyline chili. And of course, we're going to get into the ingredients um, and how it was made, and basically our best guess. It is a secret recipe, but we're going to go through how, as I mentioned, this really came in uh, in terms of a cultural melting pot. Um, you know, there was a lot of Greek traditions in cooking, um, that you'll, you'll learn about, but also some American and and German as well. So, you know, I love Skyline. I'll tell you, I, uh, you know, I went to college in Southern Ohio and, uh, there were Skyline chilies everywhere. And I'll tell you, when you're drinking after a night of drinking, like the real party began at Skyline when the bars closed. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, like, you eat chili that late, and, you know, we'll get into what Skyline is if you haven't heard of it, but it's basically, like, noodles, chili, and, like, a ton of cheese, like, more cheese than anything, like, literally, like, a mound of cheese. Then you add hot sauce and crackers and onions or whatever, and you're just like, oh, I know I'm going to feel rough after this, and everyone around just kind of looks at each other, we're like, yeah, we're all going to die when we get home or tomorrow morning. But people just did it anyway. It's so good. Um, but to outsiders, Skyline is not like real chili. Like it has this sweet component to it, and a lot of people are widely against it. Uh, and uh, but not not where I went to school, man. I'll tell you that. So to get started here, we gotta we gotta talk about a fella named Nicholas Lambrinides. 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 I think that sounds more Greek. I'm sorry if I'm messing that up. But he grew up in Castoria, Greece. And he watched his aunts, his mom, dad, uncles, everybody cooked over there. And he watched them make a lot of the sauces, a lot of the soups, you know, a lot of the fish, right? Greece is an amazing place. I've never been there, but I have some friends that are Greek. And they take their lamb really seriously. They, they're really good with the fish and the spices are delicious and You know, who doesn't love a nice Mediterranean dish, and and Greece is uh, a great place for that. So, Nicholas 
immigrated to the U.S. by himself. He already had a wife. Couldn't bring her. In 1912, he came over to the United States. Much like our buddy from Hoi Fong Foods, if you remember from the hot sauce episode, he was an immigrant. And, you know, this show is all about the importance of immigration and how it's defined our our culture. Um, And, you know, I'm so grateful to have tried all these great foods. And, you know, they're not they're definitely not, uh, you know, from this area. And I just think that's the beautiful thing about food. So we got to tip our hat to the Greeks on this one. Um, And so he came over and he was working for as a cook for the railroad. And uh, the railroad was a tough job. My grandfather worked on the railroad. Um, they would often, like, bring home, like, boxes of, uh, like, rice aroni and hamburger helper because it would kind of fall off the truck, fall off the, the, the train cart, fall off the old boxcar there. And uh, my dad said all he did was eat hamburger helper. And... Uh, you know, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do to survive. And, you know, my grandfather was an Irish immigrant. Um, he was like, a, his father was from there. So he was like a second generation. But, uh, you know, it was tough back then. And the railroad was a great, great place to uh, um, make some money. I think it was controlled by the union. So it was kind of a mobbed up situation. And, you know, the unions were involved in the contracts for the railroads. And everybody was probably getting their beaks wet and that. And, of course, you have the freight that falls off, and, you know, like, probably was a wild, wild west there. Uh, I know my dad's got some stories there, but that's a whole thing in itself. Um, but he was working on the railroad, and he was a good cook. You know, he quickly became this good cook on the railroad, and he was just making a lot of, you know, cheap dishes and, you know, maybe some inspiration from the Greeks. But he also knew he was feeding a lot of different immigrants and, and was just making food that he thought people would like. So this is where Nicholas first got his palate for cooking and, and started to see, wow, you know, I can actually make some money doing this. And I'm sure he loved it, right? So then he started working in a hotel kitchen. And much like Hector Borardi, right? It's so funny how this pattern is kind of continuing here with some of our immigrants. Hector Boyardi, you know, the chef Boyardi from episode, uh, might have been episode three, I believe, uh, or two. Um, he was an immigrant and he started to cook and make money. And, you know, what a way to like bring a rare skill and bring your knowledge that's all up in your noggin of the cuisine from another area. Um, so being a cook was somewhat of a rare skill to be able to do it quickly under pressure and, and make things good that feed a lot of people from a lot of different cultures. So Nicholas was quickly becoming a really good chef and he even opened a short order diner, which, you know, has to be so amazing, right? Just like, like probably did like burgers and hot dogs and just like, you know, eggs and, and bacon and maybe some sandwiches and just short orders, man, you know, like French fries and in Cincinnati, they like something called getta. It's sort of like a, I think it's somewhat Greek. It's like a, kind of like a breakfast meatloaf, and you slice it real thin, and you fry it, and it's really delicious. I'm sure they had some getta there. Um, but I don't, it's not super good, but it's all right. I mean, you can make like little sandwiches. It's good if you're hungover and stuff. So um, he was doing well as a cook. Nicholas finally, uh, after 10 years of working, so on the railroad, in the hotel, and then the short order diner, he finally brought his wife over. 
they came to Cincinnati and they raised five sons. So when the kids were old enough, he says, all right, kids, time for you to learn the family biz. Um, you know, you're all going to start cooking too. So he has just this like, they got these five sons and they're all just like great cooks. I mean, it would have to be crazy. But uh, he was working as the chef, Nicholas, head chef of the Empress Chili Parlor, right? And this is what's known as the true birthplace of Cincinnati chili, right? And there were some Greeks um, who started this restaurant, John and Tom Karadjiev. Uh, maybe they were brothers, I don't know. Um, but they were Greek immigrant immigrants, and they opened this chili parlor in 1922. And they tweaked a Greek recipe to make it more appealing to Americans. And then Nicholas came over. He got his hands on the recipe. He started making it sweet and less spicy. And Nicholas worked there. You know, he saw how it was done and, and you know, combined that with his own family recipe, which is still a secret to this day. So some people think Skyline Chili, which is the topic of our episode, of course, is the true Cincinnati chili. But it's actually a spinoff of the Empress Chili Parlor. And I haven't had Empress Chili Parlor chili, but that would be a good place to go to if you're ever in Cincinnati. And that's where the true chili comes from. But obviously that influenced Nicholas, and there's roots of that in Skyline today. But Skyline is, uh, based on my research, very different. So he leaves the chili parlor. And remember, he's been training his kids like to be cooks. And then he launched his first Skyline restaurant with a couple of his kids in downtown Cincinnati in 1949. So remember, he's been in the U.S. a while. 1912 slowly learning slowly working slowly tweaking his recipes which i think is really respectable i mean he had been there 38 years 37 years and then he started to open his own place on glenway avenue which is somewhat known as price's hill and it got a great view it had a great view of the skyline it got listen to me i don't know how to talk today it got it has a great view uh, it had, I guess, or it has still, a great view of the Cincinnati skyline. So what's interesting is I did see a couple times in my research that it was in a Roman Catholic neighborhood and it was met with some resistance. You know, it was a different time, right? Can you imagine nowadays putting uh, an ethnic restaurant somewhere and uh, people, like, meet it with backlash? There's a really good restaurant in the in like the North Bay, north of San Francisco, over the Golden Gate Bridge, called Soul Food, and I think, I think it's like Salvadorian or something. I think that's right. I should look that up. Um, Soul Food, but when the guy moved there, he painted the place green. Right, it's supposed to like really look authentic. And uh, let me see where Soul Food's from. I wish I was like Joe Rogan. I'd be like Jamie, pull that up. Um, soul food. All right. Let's see. There's a ton. There's some in San Rafael. There's one in Mill Valley. Puerto Rican. Okay, so it's Puerto Rican, not El Salvadorian. Okay. But anyways, when the guy moved there, he was like, okay, well, I'm going to paint this green and make it look like a really authentic restaurant. And um, there was a letter that some dude wrote that had lived there his whole life some douche bag and he uh writes a letter and says like you can look it's stapled right on the side of the wall still and, and it's framed it says like this restaurant 
you know, I heard good things, and it's a shame that you can't make your restaurant look like everything else. Like, Mill Valley is a historic, beautiful place that shouldn't be messed with. Like, just a true representation of change and how, like, this country was really, you know, just rooted in, like, this deep kind of racism. And, um, you know, it's still like that to this day. It's a terrible thing. Um, and, it, you know, it even was happening when this guy opened Soul Food 20 years ago. It was happening in 1949 when Nicholas opened up his Greek restaurant Skyline Chili, which would later on get tons of frat boys and frat girls full when they were drunk after their parties. It's so ironic. Um, anyways, not to go on a tangent there, but this restaurant on Glenway Avenue uh, would become one of the best regional dishes in the area. And then in you know 1953, Skyline opened its second restaurant up. So by the end of the 1900s, there were over 110 Skyline restaurants, mostly in Ohio, but all across Indiana, Florida, and Kentucky. So Skyline Chili, and it's really, it, it's a true mashup of cultures, right? You know, it's it's got something sweet in it. Um, and when Nicholas Lambrinides died in 1962 at the age of 82, his, he was quoted saying, don't change anything with the recipe, don't add anything, don't take out anything, it's perfect the way it is, right? So that recipe in itself is interesting, right? So here's all the things, I guess we'll start with, you know, maybe some of the cultural attributes to it. So first you have Midwestern stews, right? Just good stews that, um, you know, have soupy bases and you know, mixed with chili, right? And obviously the, the tomato-y kind of somewhat spicy flavor, but with Mediterranean flavors, right? So you have the Greek oregano, you have onion, um, you have um, some certain spices that would be unique to Mediterranean, uh, maybe some cumin, who knows? And mix that on top of Italian noodles, right? Spaghetti. And then don't forget about the German immigrants who are big fans too. So... Uh, there's a, a, a obvious connection because people were eating it, right? And, and he was a smart guy, Nicholas, so he made it to, to make the, meet the German palate, which, you know, loves pork and, and meat and, you know, really rich dishes. And that obviously, you know, shines shines through in, uh, in the, the Skyline recipe today. So, you know, what's interesting is you can find recipes online, but the true Skyline recipe is, uh, is locked under lock and key. So it definitely has some Worcestershire sauce, some paprika, some Greek oregano, some cloves, something sweet. People thought it was chocolate, but at one point it was a law that people had to know if there was chocolate in anything. So they came out and said there is no chocolate in our recipe. So it might be allspice, cinnamon, nutmeg, brown sugar, something that makes this thing spicy. Some people hate Skyline. You either love it or you hate it. Um, and give it a shot, and it, and it really helps if you're drunk. And... What I love is obviously the four-way, which is the spaghetti with the beef over it, the you know the the skyline, and then tons of cheese and onion, oyster. Add some oyster crackers and hot sauce, and and you can't beat that. Because we're in COVID times, if you're getting skyline to go, little side note: order the cheese on the side and get extra cheese because they don't give you enough in just one to-go bag. Like it's not as much as what they would give you normally. And second of all, if they put it all over the pasta, it just melts and gets gross and it doesn't have the same effect. So you need to add it on the side. And like literally Aiden, my, my roommate, he showed me this trick. 
you would put it uh, on every bite, right? And and I think that's truly the way to, to make it the best when you're when you're doing it to go. We used to have this. I used to have a kitchen couch in my place in college, and it was literally like where I lived. Like I love a nice kitchen couch. If anyone can do that logistically, get a kitchen couch because. You know, I love to cook, so people would hang out with me while I was cooking. Um, I would eat there. I had a cooler that had, like, cup holders in it, and that was, like, our table. You know, I would do homework there. I'd study. I'd come home from the bars. I'd eat. I'd pass out there. I'd bring girls back. We would, you know, start making a little food, a little midnight snack, and so you know one thing led to another. So that was the, 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 the kitchen couch. Everybody needs one. But we would always bring our skyline back to the kitchen couch, and, it was like family dinner. I mean, truly, truly delicious food. Um, another thing that's really good from Skyline are the conies, right? Just hot dogs with chili and cheese and mustard. Get a little onion on there, and you're really grooving. So I would always get a four-way and a coney. You wanted to really surprise your buddies when you were going to the late night, right? Which is obviously the, the party after the bars closed, which was some of my favorite times. Shout out to Teej, who always hosted such great late nights but the best thing to do would be bring like 12 conies over and people would love you right that's how you you know wherever you're going even if you're going over to a girl's house believe me all those other girls that live in the house will love you forever if you bring your chili dog and then you can play hide the chili dog no i'm just kidding um anyways uh skyline give it a try this was a short episode but i get good feedback on the short episodes also, I've had a good mic, and I'm trying to like stay away from it more. So I hope the the sound is better. I've had the whole the good mic the whole time, um, but I don't think I was using it right. So um, thanks, guys. Don't forget to to rate and uh, give it five stars if you think it's good, and subscribe and tell your friends. Alrighty, this has been an episode of Midnight Snack. <laughs>